Running up the score. You're listening to the Running Up the Score podcast. Now here's your host, Jerry Napoleonello. Running Up the Score with Jerry Napoleonello. Here we are. We are in week 15. This is where boys become men, folks. Um, we're going to get right into our power rankings. There's been a lot that has gone on this week um, already. Now, this week isn't even Eagles, Cowboys, yet we st- we have a narrative going on this week. We're going to get into that. We're going to get into some injuries that has happened. The... Um, the comparison between turf and grass, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about the comparison of Joe Burrow to Tom Brady, which is a little crazy, but let's get right into it. We're going to get in right into our power rankings like we've done so far the last couple of shows. Eagles still at my number one spot. They are at Chicago this week. Then they play at Dallas on Christmas Eve. They play New Orleans and the Giants both at home to end the season. The Kansas City Chiefs stay at my number two. Houston home, Seattle home, Denver home, and then they're at Las Vegas. Looking good to go 14-3 and for the Chiefs. Buffalo Bills number three. They have home against Miami, at Chicago, at Cincinnati, home against New England, Buffalo has a tougher schedule than Kansas City. I expect Kansas City to take that number one seed in the AFC. Dallas Cowboys stay at my number four. Although it, you would have thought that the whole team has been wiped out by the way watching every sports channel known to man, you would have thought that the Cowboys were left with one player. And they were going to play the rest of their games with one player. It's just absolutely absurd what has happened. And I'll get into that in a little bit. The Cowboys are at Jacksonville, home against Philly, at Tennessee, and at Washington. To end the season, they are 10-3 and as we speak. San Francisco moves up to my fifth spot. They are 9-4 and there at Seattle this week. Actually, today, uh, Thursday night. They are home against Washington at Las Vegas. And home against Arizona. Cincinnati is number six, nine and four at Tampa Bay, at New England, home against Buffalo, and home against Baltimore. Tough schedule for Cincinnati to end the season. Minnesota Vikings, 10 and three. Indianapolis home, Giants home, at Green Bay, and at Chicago to end the season. Baltimore, number eight, nine and four at Cleveland, home against Atlanta, home against Pittsburgh. And at Cincinnati, Tennessee, seven and five. I don't even really like them at, at in my nine spot, but um, it's really whatever. the The last two spots in in the top ten are really toss ups, uh, because that's just how like the parity in the NFL this year. Um, Tennessee, seven and five. They are at the Chargers, home against Houston, home against Dallas, and then at Jacksonville to end the season. The number ten spot. The Detroit Lions, Dan Campbell's Detroit Lions. They have fought, they have clawed, they have bitten kneecaps off. 
They are six and seven, heading into. Actually, I, I want to make. Yeah, they are six and seven, heading into at the Jets, at Carolina, home against Chicago, and at Green Bay to end the season. Let's go. Um, so we're gonna stick with the whole ranking, and you know we've done this a couple of times. I want to get into the QB rankings. So I'm just gonna fly through the first, uh, the uh, the bottom half. Uh, we have number 32 making his first start this week for the Atlanta Falcons. Desmond Ritter. Obviously, there's no stats, so we'll uh, we'll see what we're gonna get from him. So, rightfully so, he's number 32. Sam Darnold stepping in for Carolina. He's got two games under his belt. Two touchdowns, zero interceptions. Already has a fumble, but a rushing touchdown as well. He is 31. Davis Mills, number 30. Now, I'll get into really Davis Mills when we we start talking about the Cowboys. Tyler Huntley goes to 29 for the Ravens. Russell Wilson in that, I mean, it's crazy. 28, he's in uh, a a crazy... um, spot with other quarterbacks. I mean, the fact that we're talking about Russell Wilson ranking number 28 and only above Tyler Huntley, Davis Mills, Sam Darnold, and Desmond Ritter, who's never even played a game yet. Uh, Also, he had a a concussion, so who knows if he's even going to play this week. Baker Mayfield, number 27 for the Rams. Matt Ryan, 26. Mitchell Trubisky, 25. Mac Jones, 24. Colt McCoy, number 23. Taylor Heineke, number 22. Deshaun Watson, number 21. Honestly, the way that he's been playing, I would knock him down a couple of the spots. I mean, they have him at, they have him above. He's jumped three spots, which is crazy. Um, Andy Dalton, number 20. Daniel Jones, 19. Mike White, 18. Derek Carr, 17. Brock Purdy, 16. He has jumped 15 spots. Brock Purdy, five games, 461 yards, four touchdowns, two interceptions, five rushing yards, one rushing touchdown. That should tell you all about what you're going to get in San Francisco at the QB position for the rest of the season. Ryan Tannehill, number 15, garbage. Jared Goff playing his mind off. He is number 14, 22 touchdowns, seven interceptions, 3,352 yards from my boy, Jared Goff, 13 games under his belt. Number 13, Trevor Lawrence. I love him at this spot. 20 touchdowns, 6 interceptions. We are really seeing um, the the potential, and I, I'm, I'm excited for, for Trevor Lawrence. Number 12, Kirk Cousins, also having a good season. 20 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. Aaron Rodgers, number 11, and now we got the top 10. Let's talk about the top 10. Here we go. Justin Fields, I mean, it's really it's 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 not because of his passing. Um, twelve games this season, eighteen hundred actually more like nineteen hundred yards. He's got seven point five yards per per attempt, thirteen touchdowns, ten interceptions. I think this is where they have him, uh, and this is why they have him in the top ten. Nine hundred five rush yards. Eight rushing touchdowns, and he's got 13 fumbles, which is is scary. But the fact that Justin Fields is, I mean, what he's doing at the quarterback position for an absolutely garbage team 
is is stunning, really. Um, and I I'm I'm excited to see if this guy gets any kind of um, if he gets any kind of weapon weapons whatever you want to call it. Um, you know their defense is pretty garbage right now. Uh, the team overall is garbage, but Justin Fields playing his his ass off. Uh, and 905 rushing yards. That's that's insane. Number nine, Tom Brady. 3,500 yards, 17 touchdowns, five interceptions. He just doesn't. The thing is, yeah, I mean, you look at his numbers. 13 games, 17 touchdowns, five interceptions, 3,600 yards. That's, that's Tom Brady. You're expecting that. And the issue is he just doesn't look good doing it. And that's that's the uh, the upsetting thing, I guess, for you know Tom Brady fans and you know just overall football fans that aren't you know AFC East fans or whatever. Um, number eight, Geno Smith. Geno Smith, another guy just having an absolutely mental season. Um, Twenty-five touchdowns, eight interceptions, thirteen games. He's got one rushing touchdown. I mean, he's taking a mediocre Seattle Seahawks team to a possible playoff berth. So that's really all you have to say about Geno Smith. It's it's incredible. Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott's only played eight games this year. He's number seven. Only played eight games this year, obviously dealing with the, the broken thumb. 14 passing touchdowns, nine interceptions. This is the issue that we're having, nine interceptions. And he's only threw his he only threw his first interception in the second half of a game last week against the Texans. So I mean, can we look at that and say, all right, maybe the first half he's he's trying to see what he can get away with? And I think that's what we could really hang our hat on. Dak in the beginning of the games, whether it be Dak himself or just the play calling from Kellen Moore, uh, putting him in positions where he's going to throw the interception or, you know, gives him a little bit more of a, um, a reckless type of, uh, feel for the game. Like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a play call. This is what we're looking for. If it's there, throw it. If it's somewhat there, you could still throw it. And I think that's what we're getting with Dak. And the issue is that the Cowboys Maybe because, I mean, we could probably say it's because of the the interceptions earlier in games, is they're putting themselves in positions where, you know, they've had to come back in second halves. Um, So, yeah, you know, I think he's really got to figure out how to, you know, be a little bit less careless with with the ball, um, you know, with with throwing the ball. He's got 1,800 yards, you know, 14 touchdowns. Uh, 94 rush yards, two fumbles. I mean, he's. I think he's like second least sacked quarterback. Um, you know. So, look, Dak Prescott. If he if he figures out the whole interception thing, Dak Prescott's gonna have a good career. Period. But just overall, um, Tua is number six. 22 touchdowns, five interceptions, in 11 games. The last three games, though. We can honestly say Tua has not looked good at all. Um, yet they're still, you know, they're still around. So they, uh, I believe they're eight and five. So number five, Justin Herbert. 
there's been a lot of talk about Justin Herbert. And I talked about it last week about him being the social media quarterback and what have you. Um, I mean, he has the tools to be an absolute unbelievable quarterback. And I don't want to say, oh, if he gets, you know, if he gets weapons around him, because he's got the weapons. He, he has the weapons. And, you know, he really, I mean, him and Josh Allen, other than, you know, the guys that we, we can look at, like Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, um, Aaron Rodgers, I think these guys are the most, um, they are fun quarterbacks to watch. Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, they're really, really fun quarterbacks to watch. Justin Herbert has to win in the playoffs. And if they miss the playoffs this year, that is going to be a, a huge uproar towards Justin Herbert. Um, but 13 games, 3,700 yards, 21 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. Uh, number 4, Josh Allen, as I said, another absolute... I mean, he's one of... I'm going to say he is the my like the quarterback that I enjoy watching more than anybody else. Just everything that he does. You know, he's a tough guy. Um he's willing to put his body on the line even though he's the most valuable player for that team. Um it, it's just, you know, it's going to be fun to watch uh Saturday. You know, because we're going to have the snow in Buffalo. Uh, playing a division rival that they already lost to this year, you know it, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to watch uh, this week. Josh Allen going up against Tua in the snow, and a lot of a lot of th- you know stuff has been brought up about this weather, so it's it's gonna be interesting. Joe Burrow, number three, thirteen games, thirty seven hundred yards, twenty seven touchdowns, nine interceptions. For as bad as the Bengals had looked. In the beginning of the season, the fact that they are, you know, I mean, there's power rankings that have them in the top three. So that's how good Cincinnati has been playing lately and how good Joe Burrow has been playing. I mean, he's now being compared to to Tom Brady. So uh, he's number three. Jalen Hurts, number two, 13 games, 3,100 yards, 22 touchdowns, three interceptions, 686 rushing yards, 10 touchdowns, but nine fumbles. Uh, and then number one, Patrick Mahomes. We uh, obviously knew that was going to happen. 13 games, 4,100 yards, 33 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Now, all right, here we go. This is uh, this is really what I, I – I mean, I wanted to base this whole podcast on this whole argument, and it has a lot to do with uh, the MVP race. Now, we had Micah Parsons on – Voncast. That's Von Miller's podcast. And they were talking about just the, the MVP race. And and basically I, I understand what he where he's coming from because really, I mean, how many times have we actually sat back and had, you know, this conversation of why is the MVP always a quarterback? Because are they really the most valuable player. And in reality, I mean, let's be serious. Um, you can 
you can absolutely put a quarterback at the MVP for every year. You really can, just because of how important they are in terms of offense and points scored. So, honestly, I, I feel like they should make it like, like an MVP for quarterbacks and then an MVP for the uh, the rest of the positions, really. Because there are plenty of players in the league that are more valuable than some of these quarterbacks. You know, there's there's players that are more valuable to their team than the quarterback position. I mean, you can honestly make an argument for a lot of, like, Aaron Donald. I mean, we can absolutely say, hey, Aaron Donald is the most valuable player um, in the NFL. I, I mean, the the difference that he makes on the field is unbelievable. Michael Micah Parsons. I mean, really, and... and don't get me wrong, that's probably one of the reasons why he made this argument because he could feel as though he is the most valuable player. Because, I mean, the Cowboys lose Micah Parsons. Um, They're going to struggle on defense. And don't get me wrong, listen, Demarcus Lawrence, Trayvon Diggs, you know, guys like that, you know, they they add to to that defense and what makes that defense so good, but having a guy like Micah Parsons on that side makes everybody else better. But I mean, let's be totally honest. Patrick Mahomes is the most valuable player this year, and this this whole talk of Jalen Hurts being the most valuable player is absurd is absurd and if you haven't heard what Micah Parsons said I'm going to play it now and I mean if you haven't heard it you, you must be living under a rock because it's literally spoken spoken about every other 10 minutes you know you even go on TikTok and and it's like everybody's arguing about it especially all these Eagles fans all these Eagles fans are all so up in arms about what he said and you know just it's it's crazy listen to the listen to the the uh the clip and then you make your decision on what you feel about it and i'm going to say what i'm going to say I, I want you guys to comment um, on Instagram or whatever you're like seeing this clip or hearing this clip or whatever, or even just listening to the podcast. Is it hurts or the team? <sighs> I think it's a little bit of both, man. I think it's, <laughs> it, <laughs> I think it's, a little, it's, it's system and team. I think it's a little bit of both, man. Cause they got a great deep, they got a great offensive line, which helps hurts. Hurts has AJ Brown, and Devonta Smith, they got a good running game. I um, mean, Miles Sanders. They scheme that they they scheme that they have. O line. Yeah. I mean, bro, bro like, it, like, <laughs> and this Eagles Cowboys, this Eagles Cowboy coming up, ain't it? 
Yeah, it's coming up. I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to make no enemies. I, I just, like, I just love the game so much, and I understand it so much that, like, I can't, I, I like, I like when things are off, I, I just can't, like, hold it in. Like, I almost got to say something. Like, you know, you're right. They got, they got a great team, great defense. But everyone, everyone has their own opinions, like. But they got, so, Jalen Hurts is. MVP. He's good. He's he, good. They got him for the MVP race with Patrick Mahomes. His stats and what he's been doing, what numbers that he's been putting up is MVP worthy, just like with Patrick Mahomes. Now, what he said, it's not, it wasn't that bad. And I like, I honestly feel like they're like the Eagles are trying to find, or the Eagles and the Eagles fans are trying to find like bulletin board material. Like, oh my God, let's, you know, I can't believe he said that. This is, we're going to use this for the game. Like, stop. Really. Because he didn't say anything bad. He basically said, listen, Jalen Hurts is not the reason that you are, you have the best record in the league. I'm sorry. It's not. You have to look at the team. Look at A.J. Brown. Look what he's been doing. Look at Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders has like 12 touchdowns, 11 touchdowns this year. And last year he had like one. What he's doing is not all that fantastic. He has weapons around him. Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown. I mean, even Quez Watkins is playing, you know, out of his mind. For the Eagles. And then you have a guy like Miles Sanders. I mean, come on. He's not a top running back, but, I mean, the guy's having a great year. Now, Jalen Hurts' legs make that a lot easier. Makes his job a lot easier. But everybody else, I mean, we can't discredit what everybody else is doing on the field for the Eagles. Okay, now when we're talking about MVP, look at the team that the Kansas City Chiefs are putting on the field. Okay? Patrick Mahomes, 4,100 yards, 33 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. The Kansas City Chiefs are 10 and 3. His running back was Clyde Edwards-Hilaire before he got hurt. He's no like nothing crazy. Jerick McKinnon, I think he's very good, but I it, nothing crazy. Um wide receivers, Juju Smith-Schuster, he's Middle of the pack. Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Eh. Sky Moore. Eh. I mean, look at what he's been doing. With what he has. Other than Travis Kelsey. But now it just makes it so much easier to double Travis Kelsey. But then turn around and compare what Patrick Mahomes has to what Jalen Hurts has 
and then compare schedules because I mean that's I, I everybody just lets that slide. Everybody just lets that slide. All right, yep. Yeah, Eagles are twelve and one. Let's not talk about who they're playing. Let's absolutely not talk about who they're playing. Jalen Hurts MVP, twelve and one Eagles. Going to get a first round bye in the NFC. 22 touchdowns, three interceptions. Yep. 3,100 yards. Patrick Mahomes has 1,000 more yards, 11 more touchdowns, same amount of games with so much less, and a much tougher schedule. So let's stop. Let's stop trying to make this whole Micah Parsons thing like it's the worst thing that someone's ever said. And oh my God, like, oh, bulletin bulletin board material. Stop. If you need something to like hype you up for the Dallas Cowboys Eagles game, I mean, Eagles, are you even ready for it? I mean, like, let's be totally honest. You guys are making it so much bigger than it actually was. So much more crazy than it actually was. The fact that we're talking about this nonstop is absurd. It's absolutely absurd. And I laugh because it's like this is this is really what what we're we're talking about. Come on. So it just to me it's just hilarious. Now Dallas, now like this is this is where like the hypocrisy comes in. It, it's we have to talk about the Cowboys against the Texans. All right. So first of all, Texans, they're playing their um. It's like they're playing their older brother. Okay, you know, when everybody talks about Texas. It's always talked about as the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, the Dallas Cowboys have been around longer. You know, it. it's just, that's how it is. The older brother. The younger brother is always going to try to beat out the older brother. Always happens that way. You want to beat out the more popular. The older. The, you know, that's that's just, I mean, they're 1 in 11. You know, they're they're absolutely playing for nothing. And yes, it was a 17-point spread, the biggest spread in the NFL this season, and by far, it was the biggest spread by at least three points this season. So right there should have told you. But let's not discredit the, the Houston Texans. It's still an NFL team. And what they did, you know, we we have to talk about because the Cowboys had no idea that they were going to be using, uh, you know, Jeff Driscoll. They had no idea. And what Houston did, changing up the quarterback every other play, it made it difficult to play defense in terms of just, you know, that whole game plan just kind of like floated out the window. Now, am I like, 
am I upset because, you know, Micah Parsons is, is talking about this kind of stuff and the last two two games he's hasn't been I mean, I don't want to say he hasn't been relevant, but there's no sacks the last two weeks. So I just I I left because, you know, they they play the game against Indianapolis. You know, again, another NFL team. You know, and the Cowboys go into the fourth quarter, only down two, oh, only up two, and then they end up having a 33-point fourth quarter. It just, I, as a Cowboys fan, I've, I, I know how the Cowboys are. They always play down to their competition. It always happens. And that's why, you know, I look at these games and I'm like, Houston, that's a trap game. I mean, their their previous loss, um, I forget who they ended up playing. It just, it turns into these trap games, you know, especially because the Cowboys have been starting slow lately. Um, and that's a that's an issue because we can't, you know, you can't go into the playoffs and, and start games slow uh, and then expect to, you know, just make a comeback at the end of the se- at the end of the game. It just doesn't work that way. But the hypocrisy of this whole Eagles, Cowboys, even 49ers, all right? Let's talk about games that the Eagles struggled in. Okay? Week one against the Lions. Now Lions are in my top 10 now, but at the time, they beat them by uh, by three, 38-35. Okay? Cowboys... Cowboys beat the Lions 24 to 6. Okay. Eagles beat the Vikings 24 to 7. Cowboys beat the Vikings 40 Where the hell is it? I want to make sure it's right. 40 to 3. Okay. The Eagles beat the the Texans 29-17. Gave them a little struggle, though. Eagles lost to the Commanders. Um, Eagles beat the Colts 17-16. Cowboys beat the Colts 54-17. It just, it it makes me laugh. It really makes me laugh that we're going to sit back. I mean... They just beat the Cardinals by three. Cardinals are terrible. They beat the Jaguars by eight. That's it. I mean, it's just, it makes me laugh, the hypocrisy. We go to the 49ers, all right? 49ers, hey, they lost to the Bears. The 49ers, hey, they lost to the Broncos. 11 to 10, okay? 11 to 10 to the Broncos who can't even beat anybody. The 49ers lost to the Falcons. The Falcons by 14. The 49ers got trounced by the Chiefs. The 49ers only beat the Saints by 13. I mean, we can say this about anybody. The fact that 
you know, we don't talk about any of these games, but we talk about the one game that the Cowboys struggled, yet they still got the win because wins are wins. I mean, there's no column in the record that says struggled or, you know, just won. No, it's a win. You win, you go in the win column. You lose, you go in the lose column. And if you're the Giants and the Commanders, you go into a tie. But that's that's it. So yeah, I'm gonna look back. I'm gonna look back at this Texans game. And I'm gonna say, all right, that game made the Cowboys better. And I honestly feel like the the game against the Texans is gonna make the Dallas Cowboys better. Because you're looking at that, you know, the Cowboys are looking at that like hey, we almost lost to a one-win team. And I think it's going to it's gonna kind of light a little fire under every single one of the Dallas Cowboys' asses to play better in games earlier and throughout. It's just crazy to me that we can sit back and say, because of the one game, ah, Cowboys, uh, they're done. They're done already. It's absurd. It's absurd to me that we can do that. Speaking of the 49ers, they got a big win against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Kind of smacked up the Bucs. Brock Purdy did his thing. And that's, that's where we're like, you know, can Brock Purdy be the guy... To, I don't want to say carry because we we all know that Brock Purdy or the quarterback position in uh, in San Francisco, and I said this last week, the the quarterback position in San Francisco is I don't want to say meaningless, but it doesn't matter who it is. The defense is going to play as well as they you know could, and they're the best defense in the league. And their offense, you have Debo Samuel, who's hurt now, that's probably going to miss, uh, you know, a couple of weeks. But you have Christian McCaffrey, you have George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk. You know, this team is um, is solid all around. And that quarterback position is where, you know, they've been mediocre. But to be totally honest with you, that's the difference in making a Super Bowl team. And that's why I said, that's why I was so high on the 49ers before the season with Trey Lance because I just felt like Trey Lance was going to make this team different than Jimmy Garoppolo. And Jimmy Garoppolo sucks. I mean, is it really, like, do we even, are we, like, do we really care that he's out, you know, in San Francisco? I mean, I think I think Brock Purdy's been playing better than Jimmy Garoppolo, and Brock Purdy's only been in two games. But you know, the the real question is like, is he going to be able to carry this team through a deep uh, deep run? And in terms of the hobby, Brock Purdy, two thousand twenty two, he, he really doesn't have that many autos, uh, but he has a, a, a Panini certified uh, auto. It was to one forty nine. 
and it sold today, the 15th, for $500. Um, we also have... Um, that's to 149. That was that was five hundred dollars. Um, we have the mirror bronze go for 150 to 275. Um, I saw another auto. Yeah, to 75, a certified blue auto to 75 go for 720. We have the immaculate collegiate Brock Purdy auto rookie patch. Uh, Ruby go for three fifty. We have yeah, um, Panini Select Draft Silver Prism Explosions go for one eighty five. Uh, the Red Mirror Certified Signature go for four hundred. It's look at this one, Brock Purdy two thousand twenty two Panini Certified Red Auto to twenty five. Go today for $1,300. National Treasures Collegiate Rookie Patch to 99 Go for 650 He is like outperforming in price like all the top quarterbacks. It's, it's absurd. It's crazy. And that all comes down to hype, obviously. You know, they look at the rest of the team and it's like, all right, this – this team could could make make noise, really, um, and that's the guy that you you know obviously that's that's what you want. Because um, I was looking at Trevor Lawrence certified autos. Um, let's see where. So we got a rookie patch auto, Panini certified Trevor Lawrence to ninety nine go for two twenty five, and that went on the seventh. I mean. Trevor Lawrence, who's like the highest priced quarterback right now, and Brock Purdy, his basically the same card is going for way more. Um so that's you know, and then we have Desmond Ritter who's making his first start. So I want to talk about his uh recent sales. It's not as high as I would have expected. Um you know, but we haven't really seen him play, so that's, you know, another thing. But usually just the hype of finally, you know, th- this is this is where, you know, it's good for the hobby because now, uh, you know, I, I mean, somewhat good because you, you're you going to have the, the 2022 boxes, you know, be more in demand because, you know, obviously we haven't really seen much of – you know, anything crazy other than the wide receiver class. But we have Desmond Ritter, uh, 2022 Panini Absolute, which just came out recently. Uh, rookie Auto to 20, go for 227 today. Uh, you also have a 2022 Panini Origins Desmond Ritter Rookie Patch Auto, go for 109. Um, Elements, 10 out of 10, go for 70. We have uh, another. We have a Desmond Ritter Spectrum uh, to thirty-five. Panini uh, Absolute go for one seventy-five. You know, so he's he's kind of middle of the pack. But listen, I mean, if you're gonna get a a card, you know, of Desmond Ritter, you know, when we really haven't really seen him play, 
but you're just kind of taking a flyer uh, that this this kid is going to be good. And honestly, I, I, I do think he's going to be good. You know, he has the skill set. You know, he he's one of those mobile quarterbacks as well. So that makes him a little bit, um, you know, more of a, a threat. You know, you like that dual threat, especially, I mean, if you're investing in these guys. Because, you know, look, a perfect example is Justin uh, Justin Fields, all right? Justin Fields, he doesn't really have much around him. And, uh, you know, they struggle on offense. They struggle in the passing game. You know, I think he's only still only got 1,800 yards or whatever it is. But he's rushing for 905 yards, and then look at his prices. It's it's through the roof. And, I mean, you, you have him in the top 10 in QB rankings heading into this week. So that's, you know, that's where, that's what I'm saying. Like with Desmond Ritter, it's he's that dual threat quarterback that, you know, if he's not able to do it with his arm, you know, he could drive up his prices just by rushing for touchdowns and, and winning games. That's that's really what it comes down to. Um, so that there's that. Also, there was a there was an interesting thing uh, that happened in the Patriots game. Devontae Parker caught uh, a ball over the the middle of the field, ended up kind of landing on his head, uh, and obviously was very um, discombobulated. And I guess they were they were more. I think it was a hurry up offense. So he kind of lined up, and you could tell he was just way out of it. And Nelson Aguilar was in the slot, and he had to, like, try to stop play. You know, he was yelling at the refs to stop play because of, you know, Devontae Parker just being, like, in la-la land. And then Devontae Parker came out and just kind of lost it on the NFL and, you know, these doctors. Because, I mean, really, let's be let's be totally honest you know, and I've been doing that a lot today. Been totally honest, and I hope that's what you want to hear because obviously, you know, why lie? But um, to be totally honest, all right, these doctors have one job, okay? And I'll tell you right now, it's pretty easy to see. You know, even if they're watching it on a screen, because I'm watching it on a screen, thousands of miles away, and. You can tell if a guy landed on his head and is discombobulated. Like, hey, maybe we should get this guy checked out. They're doing the same exact thing. How are you not noticing this? I mean, it goes back to like the whole Tua thing. Like, how are you not seeing this? Pull him out of the game. You know, you have one specific job. Don't watch the game. Don't get into the game Watch these players. Make sure that they're okay. Because Devontae Parker was not okay. Absolutely not okay. And goodbye, you know, Nelson Aguilar for for stopping play. You know, like that's, it's messed up to see. Now this is, I wanted to talk about this last week, all right, because there was a lot, obviously it had to do with the whole Burrow and Mahomes uh, game. But the fact that we were making comparisons with Mahomes and Burrow and comparing them to Peyton Manning and 
the Tom Brady rivalry, I think is stupid. Now, Mahomes, yes, should be in that comparison. But Burrow shouldn't. It should be Josh Allen. I mean, if we're going to be, you know, comparing two of the best quarterbacks that we've seen in recent memory to what we have presently, I mean, you have to say, especially skill set, and I mean, we're expecting it. The Bills and the Chiefs. Like, if we're going to say Brady Manning, it should be Mahomes, Josh Allen. Now, don't get me wrong. Joe Burrow's having a great season. Joe Burrow uh, has beaten Mahomes three times. Um, It's... That is not making me say, all right, yeah, this reminds me of Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. Like, when I watch playoff game, like the the playoff game between the uh, between the Bills and the Chiefs last year, I'm thinking, yeah, that's that's Tom Brady, that's Peyton Manning. That's the that's the comparison. When I watch Burrow and Mahomes, I'm not thinking Tom Brady and you know Peyton Manning. That kind of more so reminds me of, like, you know, maybe Joe Burrow being Ben Ben Roethlisberger, a guy that has, you know, that has the success with the team and gets to a Super Bowl. That's what that reminds me of. Like, Joe Burrow, to me, is Ben Roethlisberger. Not in skill set. I mean, which we could say, like, Joe Burrow is a tough dude because what he had to deal with last year with the offensive line that he had um, and, you know, just how tough the guy is when he's mobile. I mean, yeah, we can we can say skill set, I guess. But I just, like, it, it was like Peyton Manning and Tom Brady and then it was like Ben Roethlisberger underneath, you know, that sometimes it would end up coming in to that that rivalry there and that, you know so that's that's what i see um but yeah it's just i it was driving me crazy when i was when everybody just kept bringing it up like oh yeah you know burrow mahomes you know we're just like discrediting and i don't want to say discrediting but we're just like totally forgetting about josh allen like josh allen's you know nobody what we have in young quarterbacks right now in the NFL, I mean, there's you you can't sit there and say you're not excited. I mean, let's be serious. Tua, Dak Prescott, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Trevor Lawrence. And that's the other thing. Listen, this week, Trevor Lawrence against the Dallas Cowboys, that scares me as a Cowboys fan. That scares me. But I'll get that, you know, soon. Um, 
But yeah, like, I, I mean, how could you not be excited, you know, just looking at the quarterback class that we have right now in the NFL? It's unbelievable. Unfortunately, we lost a quarterback this uh, this past week. Kyler Murray out for the season, torn ACL. And that kind of brought up the whole um, grass versus turf thing because Kyler Murray tore his knee on grass. So that, you know, I don't want to say, not a lot of people actually brought it up. I just thought about it. Um, you know, when we're looking at the NFL uh, across the board, there are uh, 16 out of the 30 NFL fields across the country that have real grass. The other 14 um, have turf. So the the teams with grass, Arizona, which Kyler Murray tore his ACL on, uh, Baltimore, Chicago, Cleveland, Denver, Green Bay, Jacksonville, Kansas City, Las Vegas, Miami, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, San Francisco, Tampa Bay, Tennessee, Washington. The stadiums with turf, Atlanta, Buffalo, Carolina, Cincinnati, Dallas, Detroit, Houston, Indianapolis, um, SoFi Stadium for the uh, Chargers and the Rams, Minnesota, New England, New Orleans, MetLife with the Giants and the Jets. And um, they're talking about uh, in MetLife, they're they're going to be changing it to grass um, next year. And then also you have Seattle that um, that has turf as well. Um, so they, you know, they've had talks about this whole um, comparison between turf and grass. And the VP of communications, the NFL executive VP. Uh, public affairs and safety Jeff Miller um, talked about this whole slit film like that's that's the kind of turf that is like the worst I guess for them. they said that surfaces have two to three more injuries per year most of them are ankle sprains a low burden injury whereas slit film also sees a lower rate of fewer high burden ACLs compared to the uh, other synthetic fields um, the league and NFLPA's joint experts did not recommend any changes to surfaces at the meeting, but agreed more studies are needed. Conclusion from a, a com- company hired by the league and the union, and it's not two to three injuries per year, it's two to three injuries per stadium per year. The problem with slit film turf comes from the construction of the various fake blades of grass instead of a single blade of gr- fake grass. Um, slit film has openings in the pieces, creating a potential risk of cleats catching in the material. Uh, and then I, I saw a video of someone talking about how a lot of it has to do with the heel. Um, basically, the heel landing first. And that is one of the reasons why we're seeing these these injuries. But Von Miller out for the season. Two more, you know, podcast clips that, uh, you know, I was that kind of interested me um, this past week. Ryan Shazier was on the Green Light podcast with Chris Chris Long, um, and he discussed, you know, the tackle that ended his career, basically. And he, what kind, what was interesting to me was that 
in the, you know, during the play. And he said, like, listen, this was, like, as textbook of a tackle as you can get. Like, he came across the middle. I lined him up. I hit him. And just, you know, it went wrong. But he also talked about, like, that was the first time. Because right around that time was when they started talking about how, you know, they wanted to teach these guys how to tackle without their head. Like, getting the head out of the way and this and that. And he, like, was like, that was the first time in my career that I actually thought about the tackle. He's like, it's perfect timing to work on the tackle that they want us to do. And that was the first time that I actually thought about tackling. And that happened. The thing that's so crazy about that moment is when I made that tackle, you know how the NFL is trying to make rules where guys have to move their head and adjust how they're tackling. And in my head, I was like, oh, this is a super easy tackle. It's a drag route. As a linebacker, a drag route is not a hard tackle to make. You know, it was a super easy tackle. When I made this tackle, I was running. And when I made it, I was saying, oh, I think this is a good time for me to actually try to practice on what the NFL is saying, like get my head across and actually get my head out of the way and try to make a form tackle. So, like, that's the one time in my career I actually thought about how I was going to tackle somebody. Wow. <laughs> yeah. You know, and they always say, you know, don't think about it. Don't think about, like, that's, I mean, for anything. You know, anything physical, don't think about the repercussions. Don't think about, you know, things like that. Like, that's when you get hurt. Is when you think about things. And I, I mean, I don't want to say that's what happened, but I, I mean, the one time he thinks about tackling when he's, you know, played, a, you know, 10, 12, 15 years or whatever it was, you know, between Pop Warner to high school to college to, to the NFL, the one time you think about how to tackle and that tackle ends your career and had potential of, you know, you know, absolutely changing his life. I mean, it already has, but, you know, physically, it's crazy to me. And then on another podcast, Tyreek Hill uh, was on Shannon Sharp's podcast, um, and he brought up basically why he left the, uh, the Chiefs. And... I mean, he's made shots at the Chiefs since he's left. And for some odd reason, I don't know why he keeps doing it. Because you know what? Listen, I I mean, I don't want to say they put you on the map, but you're a household name because of what you did in, in Kansas City. You don't get that kind of money without Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. And he just basically was like, you know, there'd be games where I get two or three targets and, you know, I, I, they, like after the game, they would talk about like, Hey, we got to get you the ball more. And he just got frustrated. And he's like, I, I, you know, he's like, I told I told my agent, I I want out. And it's like, you really had had a great situation. You had a great offense with Andy and dialing it up. You had weapons around you, so they really couldn't double-team you because you had Kelsey, you mm-hmm. had Nicole. For a couple of times, you had uh, uh, Sammy Watkins. Mm-hmm. You had Robinson. So you've had guys around you. You had a great offense. And you seem like, dang, man, Tyreek, 
in Kansas City, Mahomes. You have the quarterback. Nothing needs to be said about him. Right. When did you think that there's a possibility that, you know what, man, I might not finish my career in here in Kansas City? It, it got like that probably like mid-last season. You feel me? Like, uh-huh. I'm the type of guy, like, I, I, I love playing ball and I love – you know, being by the team mm-hmm. because football is a team sport, right? Correct. And it would be some games where, like, I get two targets, I get three targets, and we'll go into meetings and my coach would be like, hey, we, we got to get you involved, we got to get you involved. And I'm like... Nah, y'all need to get me involved yesterday. Don't tell me about it today. Exactly. Like, you know, <laughs> like, you know how to, like, you know I the do. feeling. So I'm calling my agent every week after they say some some crazy stuff like that. Like, bro, I got to get out of here. So bro. let me ask you a question. Because... Obviously, you're not a guy that bites your tongue, and right. obviously, so you go. To, did you go to EB? Did you go to Andy? Like, bro, what's up? I mean, during the week of practice, y'all throwing me all these balls. I get into the game and I get two targets. What? What? What's See, really going no, on? No, 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 no. I'm not like that. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not gonna go to anybody. I'm, I'm gonna go to my position coach because I deal with him more than I deal with them. Right. You feel me? And I'm gonna go talk to him. Then but what if he ain't relaying the messages that you would need relayed? <laughs> and I'm out of there. You see where I'm at? Now nah, I'm out of there, man. But I love EB. I love Coach Andy Reid. You know, those guys really helped me get to where I am today. You know what I'm saying? As a young player, I feel like they really developed me right. and, like, shaped me to who I am today. So. Did you did you, did you you have a conversation with Mahomes, Patrick? Did you say, I'm sorry, bro, but I, I'm out. Uh, I just need, I, I need to do this. This is not anything to have to do with you. This is about me and what I think is the best for my career. So, check this out. I, t- I talked to Andy and I talked to uh, PM. I-, I talked to both of them, okay. Patrick Mahomes. So, I'm like, so I talked to Coach Andy Reid, and I'm like, Coach, like, I don't even need to be the highest paid receiver. I just want to be taken care of, and I want to stay, you know, with Kelsey. I want to stay with Pat. I want to stay with my brother. So, you had that conversation to Andy. Look, I had that take conversation care of your boy, with and you, I'm here. Just take care of your boy, man. Just make me 25 M's, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Match me with AJ Brown, and I'm cool with that. He was like, okay, okay, okay. So we get back. They, they, they got it to 25 M's, but the guaranteed money wasn't, it wasn't looking right. So right. me and Drew going back and forth with that. I'm like, Drew, it's fine. Drew's like, no, we can get more. We can get more. You know how agents are. Right, like, of course. And that's what he should so do. So then I talked to Pat. He was like, yeah, 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 yeah. He's saying the same thing. Bro, we got to get you back. We got to get you back. I'm like, yeah, bro. I want to come back, bro. Like, let's make something happen. But make the money right. But make the money right. Like, just make the guaranteed money sound sound right. at least right, yeah. bro. Like, that 100 million and you give me 20 million guaranteed, that don't make sense to me. Exactly, exactly. Okay. So then, like, Miami had called. They was like, look, we just going to go all out. We're going to give you 72 million guaranteed. And then I was like, bro. I can't turn that down. No, no, you can't do that. I can't turn With that no down. With no state income tax either. With no state income tax. I'm basically living in my house for free right now. Really? So I'm like, yeah, we can't turn that down. Right. Great weather. Did you did you go to did you go to Andy and ask them can they match this? Or were you were your mind already set? I gave you every opportunity. I didn't really need 30. I didn't really need what I got. But I just needed you to make the guarantee. So yeah, money we right. did. So we did. So we did. We actually told we actually told Kansas City what Miami offered, and Kansas City was like, nah, we just gonna trade them. So then I was like, okay, bet. Like, that that really goes to show how valuable I am to them. Right. You know what I'm saying? Opposing to how valuable I, I could be to Miami. So Correct. I was like, just sign the deal. Let's get it done. And then we just going to make some shake, man. Right. So here I am today. No hard feelings. No hard feelings. No hard feelings, man. Like, I feel like you can't mix. I, I can't mix my hard feelings in with the business side of all of that. I still got love for all of them boys. Patrick, Kelsey, uh, Veach. Coach Reed, EB, I still love them. 
You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But just know when we if, if we do play them, if we do see them, it's it's showtime. Ooh. It's showtime that game. I need you try that. you try to go for two, three bills? What you try to go for? I, you play, let's just say for the sake of army, you play the Chiefs in the playoffs. You try to go for three? They better have two people on me. That's all I know. <laughs> the, cheetah, the cheetah will be arriving in Kansas City or in Miami. I don't care where I'll be at. So let me ask you this. At midseason, they asked NFL execs. Mm -hmm. They had a vote, MVP, Offensive Player of the Year. You got the most votes for Offensive Player of the Year. If you were to get 2,000 yards receiving, forget Offensive Player of the Year. They've been receivers to win that award. Should you be the MVP? No, I don't. I don't. I don't. I mean, I don't think so. Like, for me, I really don't look at awards and just go crazy mm -hmm. like that and just be like, oh, I think I deserve this. Like, I've been in this, I've, I've basically accomplished everything that I want to accomplish. I feel like won a Super Bowl, but I, I can do more. I want to continue winning Super Bowls. The award thing, that's cool and all, but I want to continue to win with my team. You know what I'm saying? I, I feel like no, nothing can, you know, outweigh winning another championship. Right. You know, MVP is cool. Winning MVP is cool. That's cool for my kids. That's cool for my family. That's cool for, you know, the legacy. Mm -hmm. That's cool for yes, my legacy. Yes, yes. But one, but once I win the like, but winning a Super Bowl, it just hit differently, man. Right. I, I, I saw, man. Like it's that, something different when you come into the room. It's like that's Super Bowl champ Tyreek Hill, not Pro Bowl Tyreek Hill. That's Super Bowl champ. That's Tyreke Super Bowl, Hill. like yeah, yeah. They say your, <laughs> they say your name a little bit different. They do. They, they, they it does. It does. You like okay? Check out our look. So, Dude, yeah. <laughs> like why? Why are you constantly talking about it? Why do you keep bringing it up? You're gone. You're doing well in Miami. Kansas City's still doing well. And then another wide receiver that, you know, has been talked about a lot, Odell. The Odell sweepstakes we've had this past week. The Bills, the Giants, the Dallas Cowboys. And, you know, it all it came all the way up to the Dallas Cowboys and, you know, it was time to get the, the, the job done. And he wouldn't work out. And then, basically, the Cowboys were like, we don't even think that he's going to be ready to play this season or, like, the regular season. And then you, you have, like, Odell come out and say, like, why do I even have to play in the, in the regular season? I see no point. And to me, I'm just like, there is a point, dude. Like, first of all, you need to know the playbook. Which, yeah, you you may be able to study it without even doing any of the plays, practicing any of the plays. But there's more to it than just the mental portion of, like, getting the, the game plan, getting the playbook, getting all of that down. You have to start working with the quarterback that you've never worked with before. You have to work on timing. I mean, it just doesn't, like, you you don't just go run out on the field and then just everything happens where... You know, you're like, all right, yeah, I've. it's like I've been playing with this guy all my life. doesn't work that way. You need to work at it. And when's the, be the best time to work at it? The regular season, my dude. So, I, I mean, yeah, maybe he would have been able to come back for the, the playoffs, but that's not the time that I want to start experimenting with a new wide receiver. I don't want Dak to go out there for the first time with Odell and then have, you know, a third and, and eight 
and he's got to run a route, a timing route, and now Dak and Dak has to like, you know, hold the ball just a second longer because he doesn't know when he's going to make that break. It's just to me it's it's like as much as I would love to have Odell on the Dallas Cowboys and how much I think that he would help this team. I don't want it to be a burden to the offense. And for him to make his Dallas Cowboys debut in the playoffs, to me, that's a burden. So uh, do I think that maybe this kind of played a role in like the way that the Cowboys played against the Texans? You know, you come off of a a 33-point fourth quarter against the Colts. Uh, everybody's talking about how good this team is. And then you go against the the worst team in the league, and it's like, all right, let's have a 17-point spread. And, you know, they're going to do their thing. They're home, everything. And, it, you know, and then you, just, you had the whole Odell sweepstakes. Trayvon and Micah are at the Mavs game with, with Odell and this and that. It's like... There was just too much stuff going on this past week. And now I, I just I really hope that the Dallas Cowboys um don't like pull back on this Jacksonville game because Jacksonville's not the team to pull back on. Like this is a good team. Their record may not show it, but this is a good team. And the Dallas Cowboys cannot take this team slightly. And I think because of this Texans game last week, I think that changes this week for the Dallas Cowboys. At least I hope, because if you you roll over against the the Jacksonville Jaguars, Trevor, uh, Trevor Lawrence, I mean, that's it. It can't happen. It can't happen going into Christmas Eve against the 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 Eagles. It it just can't happen. Okay. So that that's just. You know what I have to say about that, and then, um, you know, before we get out of here, let's just talk about Week 15. Week 15, we have um, spreads here. We have a game tonight: the 49ers at the Seahawks. 49ers are the um, the favorite by one, so technically it's kind of a pick 'em game here. Um, it's crazy because they really have this game a very close game, and, and you know what, Seattle gives every NFC West team uh, fits, and they're even a good team this year. So, you know, that, that that's a team to, to watch out for, although they did take a, a step back last week losing to Carolina. I think they, they change it here, but 49ers are going to be a tough team. So then we also have Thursday. Uh, we have Saturday games as well. We have three Saturday games, which I'm pretty pumped about. We got Thursday, three Saturdays. We got Sunday, and then we got Monday as well. Um, Saturday, we got the Colts at the Vikings. Vikings are five and a half favorites. Um, we have the Ravens at the Browns. The Browns are three-point favorites. We have that. Oh, so we only have two Saturday games? I thought we had three. Yeah, we got three. And then we got the Dolphins and the Bills. The Bills are six-point favorites against the Dolphins. Uh, and there's weather you know, going to be an issue there, too. Sunday we got Dallas Cowboys at the Jag. Oh, we got the actually. Let's let's go with um, the Falcons at the Saints. The Saints are three point favorites. 
uh, Desmond Ritter making his first start. Cowboys at the Jaguars. And the Cowboys are six-point favorites. The Lions are plus... Uh, and this this is... Uh, I think that line has changed. I think that line is down to three, if I'm totally honest, or if I'm sure, 100% sure. Um, the Eagles are seven-point favorites. I think they're also nine-point favorites now against the Bears. Um, Chiefs, 14-point favorites over the Texans. Steelers are two and a half point favorites over the Panthers. Pa- uh, the Raiders are two two point favorites over the uh, Patriots. The Broncos are one point favorites over the Cardinals. Uh, the Bengals are two and a half point favorites over the Bucks. The Chargers are two point favorites over the Titans. The Commanders are four point favorites over the Giants in the flexed game to the Sunday night game. The Packers are nine point favorites over the Rams. So. Before I get out of here, this is this is really what I'm I'm getting at here. Um, the public, public is big, you know, in terms of, um, you know, betting because when we're talking about public, that's the reason why the the uh, Vegas odds makers make certain type of odds, and we've seen these things, you know, lately, you know, it, it's it's playing a big role lately. The Cowboys playing the Vikings. Now we know that game ended up forty to three, but people were like so up in arms that the Cowboys were road favorites against one of the better teams in the league, and people were like, "Why is that?" Blah blah blah. Da, da. Because they wanted you to pick the Vikings. They wanted you to put your money on the Vikings, and they got that. They got that a lot. And then, hey, Vegas wins because now the Cowboys won 40-3. We had it last week. The Vikings, underdogs against the Lions. Something that is unheard of. They want you to pick the Vikings. The Lions win. A.K.A. Vegas wins. So, odds. Alright? The odds total... This year for public, the record is 92, 107, and 7. All right? Week 1, 6 and 10. Week 2, 5 and 10. Week 3, 6 and 9. Week 4, 7 and 7. Week 5, 5 and 10. Week 6, 4 and 10. Week 7, 7 and 7. Week 8, 8 and 7. Week 9, 6, 5 and 2. Week 10, 7 and 7. Week 11, 8, 5 and 1. Week 12, 8 and 7. Week 13, 8 and 7. Week 14, 7, and 6. Okay, so now the public is on. Public is on the 49ers tonight. The public is on the Vikings. The public is on the Ravens. Public is on the uh, the Bills. The public is on the Falcons. Public is on the Eagles. Cowboys, public is 50-50. Lions and Jets, public is on the the Lions. Steelers, Panthers, 50-50. And this is what I'm talking about. The public is on the Texans, plus 14 over the Chiefs. Public is on the Raiders. Public's on the, the Cardinals. 
Public is on the Texans, uh, the Titans over the Chargers, by the way, plus three. The Bengals are the public's pick. And the Giants are the public's pick for Sunday night as well. And the Rams are the public pick over the Packers. Packers are minus seven. And that minus seven is plus 100. So that's huge. That's what they, they want you to take that plus. They, they want you to take the, the, the minus seven. So it's, you know, there, there's a lot of stuff that comes involved with, uh, with betting. And right now, uh, it, it's kind of like you want to fade the public. You want to fade it, but that will do it for today's show. I'm Jerry B. Breezy. B. Breezy. And it is all over. You've been listening to running up the score. We run up the score on sports radio.